Coming to you live from Austin, Texas, and the Queen City in North Carolina, this is the Good Faith Podcast for the month of May 2021. This month, the Tennessee House of Representatives applaud the claim that the three-fifths compromise was good, actually. Greg Big Titty Kelly's cell phone is taken and recovered. Neoclassicist architecture and Socrates make the canceled list. TurboTax. Why? And Facebook's oversight board reigns supreme over the United Nations. Carl, what's going on with Texas? Well, this podcast would have started recording almost three hours earlier if the power grid hadn't failed on me completely and I was left in the dark with my candles again that I had bought after I had bought a whole bunch of supplies from the weatherized a terrible blackout that we had had in February with when the power grid also decided to fail then. So the infrastructure in the state of Texas is just going great. We are zero for two right now in terms of electricity provided to my house in order to do podcasts. So of course, the state of Texas in its infinite wisdom has decided that yes, this is a number one priority issue. And with so many days left in the legislative calendar of the state of Texas, this is the last priority that people are taking care of. Because of course, weatherizing the power grid and making sure that we don't have any further power failures takes second, third, fourth, even fifth place to should critical race theory be taught in the state of Texas. And I am proud to announce to our three and a half people who are listening that the state of Texas has said, yes, this is a priority. We are going to tackle critical race theory. Whether or not you're able to turn the power on, go to your desktop computer and Google what critical race theory is, doesn't matter. (laughs) So there is a House bill, House Bill 3979, which was put together to address banning the teaching of critical race theory in schools. And surprisingly enough, given the way that the politics in the state of Texas works, where the House of Representatives here is a bunch of cats that someone has tried to herd, and that is physically impossible and mentally impossible, whoever is speaker in the Texas House. And they sent it over to the Senate, which is ruled by Politburo Commissioner-in-Chief Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor, And they added a whole bunch of amendments, making the bill far worse than it otherwise was. So, for example, there was a series of compromise amendments which said, okay, we can't teach critical race theory, but we're also going to say that, hey, white supremacy is bad. And we're also going to put in requirements that, for example, there should be greater diversity in the subjects that are taught. So, for example, there should be more literature and articles from women or people of color. Those provisions were all stricken by the Senate version. However, due to the deadline, the Senate's version was gutted on a technicality. And so what uh, Supreme Commissar Dan Patrick decided to do was, we're going to hold a vote undoing all the amendments that we thought that we were going to do on our old vote so we can pass this again, because critical race theory is the most important thing in the state of Texas right now. And it, a couple minutes ago, be, a couple minutes ago, notwithstanding yeah. that you're recording this from a Denny's, I imagine. I am actually not recording this from a Denny's. I so for those of you who are out of the loop, I actually on Friday had to evacuate my apartment because I had lost power for 
10 hours and I decided that I really wanted to watch TV though and just stay online because I had to be online. And the only thing open at 11 o'clock at night was the 24-hour Denny's that was up the road and they had supremely working Wi-Fi. So I'm just hoping that Denny's is able to invest in weatherizing our infrastructure somehow because I am at this point, I'm despondent. I think this is the kind of triple P project that uh, the Texas Republicans are hoping for. If only. Because in between critical race theory and then the other top priority of this legislative session, which was, of course, everyone's thinking about it, should sports teams go an entire game without playing the national anthem? And so... Those of you who are unaware of this, Mark Cuban, who is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, for a couple of games decided that he was not going to play the national anthem. And who does that rile up the most? Why? The faithful faithful Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who has my back, who said that, no, in fact, we're going to put a stop to them putting a stop to this. So they passed a bill saying that any sports team that has a contract with the state of Texas has to play the national anthem or they all their funds will be revoked. In the meantime, I am still waiting for the lights to be secure in my home. So that's what's going on in Texas. Now, there was something about the leader of the Texas Republican Party um, doing a push-up challenge. He's trying to be Joe Biden, oh. I think. It's it's some, even worse. Some, yeah, it's some reporter asked him a that. question, and then he's like, ah, "How about I do push-ups instead?" Oh, it was. It it wasn't just challenge. It wasn't Joe Biden. Uh, I would have loved if he challenged Joe Biden. It was even worse than that. So the eminent uh, chair of the Texas GOP, uh, you may remember him from a couple of years ago. I guess he's a colonel. Colonel Allen West. Is he? Was he a colonel? I feel like Sounds he was right. a colonel. Yes. He represented the state of Florida. And of course, so many terrible things come out of the state of Florida. We even talked about this for the April podcast. We talked about they this crazy law targeting Twitter and Allen West. Already, that's two bad things in my book. So then... Alan West, who somehow moved to Texas and became the state party chair and also made the state GOP's tagline for 2020, We Are the Storm, which is Mm. ripped directly from a QAnon tagline. Which was ripped from a 1996 movie, I believe. A which 1996 movie? Oh, man, you mm, I need to write things down. (laughs) <laughs> you can tell this podcast is not scripted so there's not enough so from the 5th of may 2021 <clears throat> at 5 11 p.m alan west rebuked a cbs austin reporter for showing up late to a press conference and asked him to do 30 push-ups when the reporter declined west asked him how old he was the reporter was 31 and then west did the push-ups himself Oh, I was I was incorrect. It's not Into the Storm that is taken from a 1996 movie. It was the QAnon phrase, where we go one, we go all, 
which comes from Ridley Scott's White Squall. What an aptly named movie for that tagline. The uh, cover art has 50% of its men shirtless and buff, so I'm not sure what that's telling a lot of people. It has Jeff Bridges in it, though, so... Hmm. There's a through line there somewhere, I'm sure. Mm, it's it's lost on a majority of uh, QAnon folks. Um, well, for those of you who also wanted to know, Alan West was famously decided that he was going to dress up in... Goodness, I hate this. I hate I hate posers who try to appropriate Texas culture. Uh, who dressed up in a ten gallon hat and cowboy boots and decided that he was going to take a megaphone outside of the governor's mansion and protest the governor of his own party, the governor of the state of Texas is Greg Abbott, protest the governor's lockdown restrictions and started or helped facilitate calls to impeach the governor who I think nationally has more of a reputation for being more pro-open Texas rather than none. Mm-hmm. So he is a, he's been an interesting character this session around. And this is also the guy that uh, wants Texas to secede. Yes. This is a, a lieutenant colonel, former lieutenant colonel. Um, lieutenant colonel Alan West. There we go. Mm-hmm. Not a colonel. I, I believe that lieutenant colonels below colonel correct mm, a mere lieutenant colonel okay sorry had to had to throw that in i hate i i, I use the term carpetbagger here pretty strongly i hate carpetbaggers mm. in the state of texas he he is the definition of one are they really carpetbaggers if they come from florida and are born in georgia yes oh okay texas is not the south texas You're- is its own unit okay yeah. Oh, are you advocating for secession as well? I am advocating for secession from the Southern Geographic Group. Okay. I I believe we are okay with letting you go. Uh, I'm not surprised that you're okay with with letting us go. <laughs> I would also advocate the state of Texas seceding from Alan West. That's fair. I wonder what Alan West thinks about that. Um, was it the bill about funding? Uh, funding any, like any government program if you defund the police oh yeah that was another top priority this session was let's see if you give me one second maybe you can put in another fun thing to say about alan west oh uh when he was doing the uh push-ups uh to mock this reporter uh some other folks on twitter rightly criticized his form and said uh we're not here to drive dicks into the dirt. Mm. So apparently he has poor form for push-ups. There's a lot of genitalia references that fly around nowadays, and I'm not sure where that originates from. I'm not terribly sorry for that one. (laughs) It's okay. I'm sure. Just stand your ground and barricade your doors and it'll all be okay. Will it though? Mm, probably not the power, but. <laughs> okay. So the legislation that Morgan is referring to, uh, there are several different bills actually that, that address this, but they, they and they go under different titles. Uh, the Senate bill was bill 23. The house version of the legislation was house bill 1900. And this, of course, comes in the 
in the wave, in the aftermath of the George Floyd protests and much of the discussion in the state of Texas around police reform. And of course, Austin, always willing to take the lead, decided that they were going to cut their police department. But they didn't actually cut their police department budget. What they did was, one can argue sensibly, one can argue not, is that they moved certain departments that were under the purview of the police department to their own separate agencies. So I'm going to make an example up here. Say the 911 service used to be in the police department's purview. That was moved to its own separate agency. They canceled one of the training academies for police officers. The actual cut, quote unquote, was maybe a couple million at most off of a, a billion dollar budget from mm-hmm. the city. So it's this is not this is not huge change. It's also it, it's it's on the margins, but this was certain enough to outrage the state of Texas that both the House and Senate passed legislation to limit the ability of cities to do that, and. For example, the legislation that's currently being proposed and agreed to is that counties with over 1 million residents have to have an election before they can cut their police department budgets. And what they mean by that is if it reduces it by even a dollar or if the proportion of your budget which you spend on the police gets reduced. So you can't if you spend more money on other places and keep the police department budget even the same, or if you grow it at a slower rate, you have to hold an election for that. Notice the key term there is counties of over a million population. Which so is a majority I, of Texas, right? It's a majority of Texas, or if not a majority of Texas, it's, it's a significant proportion because you're counting there, you're counting Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, El that's, Paso, that's, maybe? Let me check. That's, that's all of Texas, right? You have most of the Texas cities at that point. Okay. I mean, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, easily. But mind you, that's the, that's the language in there. The Senate bill, of course, under Commissar Dan Patrick, would have been cities and municipalities. And the House struck out the word municipality and so it's just so it's just counties now. So their attempt to stop the city of Austin from defunding its police, this bill doesn't actually even address that because the city of Austin under this legislation would still be able to cut its police, uh, police department budget. What it does mean though, is that if you have taxes set by the county and say you have a county sheriff's department and you cut the budget for the sheriff's department, what it'll mean is that they ah, you can't raise your taxes anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. Suddenly my taxes won't be able to go up if we cut our police department budget by even a dollar and we don't hold a city election in the middle middle of it. So Morgan and I have talked about this. So the state of Texas has accidentally created a way for the defund the police crowd and the anti-tax lobby in the state of Texas to unite on a single issue, which is, Oh hey, you don't you don't want your taxes to go up? You don't want your property tax appraisals to go up? That's fine. Just cut your police department budget even by a little bit and your taxes won't go up. I'm looking forward to the malicious compliance party 
to I, the 2024 election. I I I'm I'm voting for the pizza party one way or the other. Oh. It's I think that's enough Texas news. That's that was comprehensive. It somehow the power has stayed on for the last couple of minutes I've been speaking. So that I guess I am in the good graces of Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, or he doesn't have direct control on the light switch. I wouldn't test your luck. And it does cut down on the editing I have to do. Mm. Next he was up. a radio show jockey. And oh. yeah, from the city of Houston. Houston has a lot of good things and exports a lot of good culture. Yeah. Dan Patrick was not one of them. Well, you know, you got to have some misses with your heads. I know. Next up, we're talking about inflation. Are we living in the 1970s? We have gas lines. We have uh, higher gas prices. We have lumber through the roof. We have all kinds of things. Obviously, we have uh, uh, inflation from a massive budget proposal that hasn't been passed yet. Jimmy Carter's back in the White House nailing solar panels to the roof. Or am I wrong? Or is he still just building houses for you know people who need them uh, in the Atlanta area? Oh, you mean being a human humanitarian? Mm-hmm. In his 90s or something? He's, yeah, he's still going. Because he was, oh goodness, he must be, he was born in 1924. He was born in 1924. I just Googled it. Okay, so he is 96 years old. Good for him. Still swinging a hammer and hopefully not uh, mashing his thumb all to pieces. And trying some way to revise the historical legacy of his presidency. But that's not that's not the topic of our conversation today. The topic of our conversation is, are we living, have we gone into a time warp and gone back to the 1970s? Now, there was, this is May, the month of May. So we're allowed to talk about the pipeline that mm-hmm. decided it was going to be taken over by ransomware or partially taken over by ransomware. They were able to recover most of their data I believe it was, their, up... it was their billing system that got got. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't so know they, that it was a specific system. So they halted the shipment of gas because they couldn't guarantee they couldn't guarantee the bills were going to be correct. Because mm-hmm. so for those of you again who are unaware, this was the Colonial Pipeline. Cy- we could call it a cyber attack that happened in middle the middle part of May. Now, my personal favorite from reading this was a BBC News headline, which read, U.S. fuel pipeline hackers, quote unquote, didn't mean to create problems. Yes, they did apologize, but also didn't yank their ransomware (laughs) off the servers. No, didn't didn't the company end up paying $5 million anyway? It was just shy of $5 million, but yes. It was just shy of $5 million. And they said, we didn't intend to cause any trouble. This is a pipeline, by the way, that runs from Houston, Texas, up to Linden, New Jersey, but it has important stops in places like Atlanta, Charlotte, Greensboro, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I was trying to tell people when you know folks were missing work, they were lined up around uh, shell stations actually seem to have gas the quickest. Um, Colonial Pipeline left about uh, 1.2 million gallons of, of fuel just out in the open. 
in Huntersville. If if you just wanted to go get it, bring a coffee filter or 20 and filter out the dirt, and there you go. Now, Morgan, in your Mm. neck of the woods, is it safe for me to go to the gas pump and fill up a plastic bag with gasoline? Because I've wanted to know. I don't think it's safe anywhere. I imagine that if you're someone who's going to be filling up large plastic bags, say like a clear plastic trash bag that are very notoriously thin uh, with gasoline and fill your trunk with these bags, um, no one's going to stop you because you're a crazy person. And we did have incidents of people in the outer banks shooting at each other in gas lines. They were shooting at each other. Mm -hmm. Yep. In gas lines. Uh Uh-huh. Which are flammable and com- easily combustible. It came to gunshots. Like, I don't. Oh, my dad had to explain this once to a, a wildlife. Uh, a bird. Well, to, to, to a bird, yes. But to, oh, what are they called? Oh, the uh, Parks, and Wild, uh, Parks and Wildlife Warden who had to come onto his refinery. This is such a, this is more of a South thing than a Texas thing, but it, I used to live by the Texas-Louisiana border. There was a, what are groups of alligators called? I'm just going to call this one a family because it was a big alligator and two small ones. I don't, okay, go on. There was a group of alligators which decided that they were going to sleep under a cooling tower at my dad's refinery. And having 10 foot uh, alligators in your refinery is kind of a problem. It's also a work hazard, as you may or may not be aware. Mm-hmm. So he had to call the game warden or you know, fish and wildlife, parks and wildlife warden, game, game commissioner, people who are supposed to take care of animals. The parks and wildlife guy shows up, walks over to the cooling tower, looks at it and goes, yeah, those are some big alligators. Goes back to his car pulls out his shotgun. Oh no. Starts walking in that direction and my dad has to go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait. You're going to fire off a shotgun in the middle of an oil and gas refinery." Yeah, there's gators. You got to you got to uh deep fry up them tails. You're about to deep fry everyone in a 2-mile radius if you do that. <laughs> so he sensibly went back to his car and got the little lassos and oh. essentially wrestled some alligators it was a vi- it was almost something out of swamp people a group of alligators is apparently called a congregation oh that's i, w- I wonder how mm. mm-hmm. i actually I like that I-, I don't know of any other species who go by the term congregation there are a lot that. of there are a lot of religiously themed group settings. So a so you flock of birds, a yeah. congregation of alligators. That I a, these, a murder of crows. <laughs> I well, that's oh ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a parliament of owls. Oh well, it's because they all have their uh, powdered wigs. Mm. That is true. I just thought it was just because they shout who at each other all the time and no one is it none of the owls are able to get anything done so it's just like a parliament. We're still waiting on the large owl that just shouts order at everybody. 
maybe we can genetically breed one or maybe we can just get a a parrot i was gonna yeah a parrot or maybe a macaw some of those some macaws are able to do that right notably not owls notably not owls yes Yes. so that's yes so life advice from the good faith podcast do not fire off any sort of concealed or unconcealed but now in the state of texas we don't have uh, you don't have to have a permit for concealed carry also from the state legislative session man everything just comes back together this month and what's great is that this advice doesn't come from a government entity which means you don't necessarily have to reject it outright that is true like how uh Tucker Carlson had a segment on his show this month talking about kissing chickens. And Can how you this... please enlighten our audience about this? So the Killjoy uh, muckety mucks at the CDC say, you know what? Don't kiss your chickens. Um, they want your chickens to go unloved without affection, um, without spreading chicken to human diseases more easily. Um, so Tucker Carlson, the bastion of freedom and liberty, as much as someone who is an heir to a frozen fish fortune can be, had someone on to kiss a chicken on television, on prime primetime television. Oh my. This this really happened. We do not lie on this show. Lying on this show would take much more effort because the truth is stranger than fiction. Exactly. So again, don't kiss your chickens. Don't bring a large weapon or, you know, what? don't bring any firearm into a refinery. If you try, if you see an alligator lasso it, please. You do mm-hmm. not want to cause an explosion. I mean, do not Texas. fill up. It's Texas. Yes. Bring the lasso. Bring the lasso. You're going to look mm-hmm. so much cooler. Exactly. And don't fill up your plastic bags with gasoline. I will say that the, um, Carter era 1970s circa now crisis uh, regarding gasoline uh, that only affected part of America uh, is uh, over. Um, well, according to your neck of the woods, it, it, it affected you guys up there a little bit. I, it did. It did. I wound up missing a day of work from it. And oh. now, I can, now, I can, now I can drive up to any old gas station and get a full tank of guzzling. Well, I can tell you that the state of Texas was hit hard by it. The gas, the average gasoline prices I could see here when I was driving around went from where they were to scarily up to maybe five cents more expensive than it used to be. And now it's back down to normal. We are currently, I think, 279, I believe. Okay. I can get, well, I fill up my car with premium only because the owner's manual says premium and I can get the premium for about 301. Wow, look at hot shot high roller over here. Yeah. It's because I live in an oil state, baby. <laughs> uh, so anyway, no, no, lumber these... prices, you mentioned lumber prices. I just want to let our yes. viewers know that lumber prices actually peaked on May 7th of 2021 at $1,670. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. It was a little, um, it was a little nutty there for a while. Uh, there's, uh, a whole bunch of construction where it uses lumber that, man, they're just shutting down because they, you know, the costs are going so high. They, uh, there's no reason to use it. People aren't able to do projects around the house, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, 
like like all uh, hyperinflation caused by federal monetary policy, it go starts to go away after a couple weeks. I may have to go over to you and strangle you. Why? It is not. We are not living in hyperinflation caused by Fed monetary policy. Oh come on! I thought this was the '70s or whatever. There was inflation and gas lines and blada blada. There was a blah. war in the Middle East. Oh wait, I forgot. We promised that we weren't going to get into that. Oh, even better. <laughs> oh, we're we're just going to skate right over that because we're we're more interested in telling you guys about how many push-ups Alan West was able to do. Uh, the correct answer is zero because his form is bad. And that is true. Uh, also, so the closed price on lumber as of today, it, so it was up to seventeen hundred in mid-May when people are screaming that the world was coming to an end, and now it's at thirteen twenty-three. Oh, coming down. So it's it's where it was in mid-April when the inflation numbers came out, where U.S. inflation was up, consumer prices jumped four point two percent year over year. So it was 4.2% higher than it was last April. Now, if you take a pause there for a second, mm-hmm. many of you smart people in the audience and you, Morgan, may know that April 2020 was particularly bad because uh-huh. that's when things were shutting down. Uh-huh. So if you start from a lower baseline in terms of your price level and then your jump, if you were at a price level, you go, you dip down, and then you come back up, that's going to be a huge change, even though you're just returning to the level that you previously were at. And does one does one data point really show inflation? Or is it just you have this if you if you look at the longer graph of everything, it's really not much of anything. Am I crazy for thinking that that this is mountains out of molehills? Well, there's a wonderful phrase that I have learned, which is one swallow doesn't make a summer. Oh. You actually need a whole flock or maybe a congregation of them. You need a congregation of alligators and a whole flock of swallows. And then it's going to be a good old Southeast Texas summer somehow. Mm. Or Florida. Or Florida. Mm, No, Florida. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Take it or leave it. They're here to stay, I think. They are. We, we're not intentionally making fun of the good people of the state of Florida. Sometimes we need to for uh, to, protect our, to protect ourselves. We, need, we do need to occasionally make fun of them. But you're absolutely right, Morgan. One data point does not make a continuum. So for example, the categories that really jumped in terms of consumer spending were the prices of used cars increased by 10%. <gasps> If you are unaware, there's currently a computer chip shortage globally mm-hmm. in terms of one. supply chains and manufacturers. And that actually has a knockoff effect on automobiles because most automobiles are pretty much computers these days on with wheels and, bo- and a box that you sit in. Mm-hmm. And since there's not a lot of new vehicles, that's filtering over into the used vehicle market. Also, another category which increased a whole lot that uh, that month when they were talking about the price index increasing was airline reservations and airline fares, which jumped 9.6%. Unsurprising, since airlines were the ones who took one of the hardest hits from COVID, you'd be surprised that no one wants to internationally travel when there's an international pandemic. Except for my good friend over here, 
behind me, the senator from the state of Texas, state, uh, Ted Cruz, who knows all about traveling internationally, especially quite recently, too. Do you think his power is going out currently, just like yours is? He has an entire, he has an entire, I would suggest, dialysis plant in the back of his mansion in Houston. Oh my God. Where, which generates electricity based off the quote unquote liberal tiers that he has somewhere in there. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's, that's my current working theory. It I'm also afraid just, of, I'm afraid of what you think dialysis is, but okay. Or what, what, what's the whole thing? Oh, is it electrolysis? What's the one where you split? Hydrolysis. Hydrolysis. Thank you. Di- mm. I, did I say dialysis? Is Ted, Cruz <laughs> running, is Ted Cruz running a whole bunch of kidney machines back there that I don't know about? It's 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 all queuing on people this all the way down. Scripted podcast. Oh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> Carl, red alert, red alert. Biden has purged neoclassical architecture from the federal <laughs> government. <laughs> oh, cue the Soviet red anthem, please. And it's on. All right, comrades, I'm here reporting to you this wonderful news today that our Supreme Politburo head, Joe Biden, has just purged four members on the arts panel that advises Congress on public architecture. This was done in the glorious red day of May 25th, 2021, according to NPR's Elizabeth Blair, that he announced his intention of that day to appoint four new members of the U.S. Commission of Fine Arts, a body that oversees design and architecture of federal buildings in D.C., and they're intended to replace the four commissioners who had been installed by former President Trump, some of whom helped shape a, an executive order intended to promote, quote-unquote, neoclassical architecture. Mm-hmm. So the president, Commissar General, that radical, radical of the left, the, the great Marxist Joe Biden has decided that he is going to, in all caps, purge neoclassicist architecture from the dialogue it's secretary general domino joe secretary general domino joe there you go yeah sounds even cooler now i don't i just like the fact that the article (laughs) says purge no it's completely what is joe biden personally took these four people out behind the white house and I don't know. Give him some Sixth poisoned major ice cream. Biden on them. Ooh, worse. I was thinking poisoned ice cream. May, I, I, I think Major Biden, he was saving up all that pent-up energy for that. What we saw in the news was just the result of training efforts. Yes. It's just ba- background dealings that uh, the White House press secretary didn't want you to know. Now, I kind of... I don't like brutalism. In architecture. Uh, so I just hope we're not going back to that. Well, hopefully that's one segment of the 1970s we're not bringing back. Oh, the aggressive, the aggressive brutalism of brutalism, and then just modernism in general from that period of the 40s to the probably the the mid 80s of everyone wants to see dull concrete mm. 
in weird shapes and forms, which is totally incoherent with all the architecture around it. Concrete is a material that ages exquisitely. Just next time you're driving down a highway, look at the barrier wall. Looks beautiful, doesn't it? And people use that for public buildings. I mean, yikes. I would be okay with not going back to brutalism. You know, since it is the since it is the 20s all over again, we're getting over a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to be doped up with alcohol. I'm just saying there's an opportunity right here to bring back Art Deco. Ooh. We could have so many big, just give me Radio City. Give me the Chrysler Building. Give me, every, give me buildings with exuberant tops again. Just, you know, the out, outrageous, everything in chrome. Art Deco 2.0, Biden Strikes Back. Uh, that would be that would be pretty good. I was going to say Art Deco 2 Electric Boogaloo, but I can't, I can't use the term Boogaloo anymore because the Boogaloo boys ruined it. They did. They did with their silly Hawaiian shirts and their... Um... Plot to overthrow the U.S. government by raiding arms depots. Yeah, that was pretty horrifying. I was thinking of just uh, abusing memes involving Ed and Nettie, but yes. Yeah. That's also something that you can look up, <laughs> wonderful viewers. It's also a crime. It's also, you know, and you know, revolting and uh, committing treason against the United States, you'd be surprised to find Not out a crime. it's a crime. <laughs> it's... <laughs> There's no commission. There's no January 6th commission. There's uh, some people getting prosecuted. They're going to be fine. Once once Trump uh, gets his not prorated presidency back, then um, that's what Sidney Powell said, is that when Trump takes office again, his term won't be prorated. Is that how it works? Is that is that how, for example, my, my membership to the, this... Jim up the road. Is that how I get prorate? Is that how can I use that argument? Can I say that my membership was unjustly canceled and therefore that I can get prorated membership duration? I think, I think the lesson here is to not take advice whatsoever from Sidney Powell. Well, he may take advice from Michael Flynn. You may or may not be aware of this, but he was oh. recently on video has said that. The coup, uh, the similar thing to the coup that happened in Myanmar, could easily be done to, in the United, easily done and should be done in the United States. I did. I saw that today, the day we are recording. It is May thirtieth, by the way, uh, ladies oh, and gentlemen. God, a former three, 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 four, three star general. I think he was. Let me go and check. That's why when you saw the uh, MAGA Twitter accounts, they had three stars in their handle. Oh, that's or their, interesting. their display name because they were signaling their support for Michael Flynn, who has leaned in pretty hard on this whole uh, betraying his country thing. Uh, he was a lieutenant general, so he would have been three stars. Beautiful. Just what we want from anybody. <laughs> Just complete and absolute betrayal of yeah, an oath. I don't know. I was never a military officer. I imagine you take an oath about upholding the Constitution and blah 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 blah. Well, if you if you all do remember, in December of 2020, Michael Flynn was also the one who said that the, President Trump should suspend the Constitution, silence the press, declare martial law, and hold a new election under military authority. Does that mean that OANN would stop posting and producing video? 
if we're suspending the press, they're technically press, bad press, but. Well, they are the one American news network, so they may be able to get away with it. Okay. Is it really news if it's propaganda? Uh, Isn't that the loophole? Let's make that the mailbag question. The, oh. <laughs> is it really news if it's propaganda? <laughs> right, right in today. Very, very quickly as we record. No, I already as have. I've chosen one of. Uh, I've already chosen a uh, uh, an item from our mailbag that mm-hmm. uh, we're going to respond to. So here in a little out bit. The, out of the many, many pounds of physical mail that I receive at my house, how did y'all get my address? Please stop. We have an we have an email at goodfaithpod at gmail.com. Uh, use that instead. Save your save your stamps because uh, you're going to need them when the European Union uh, basically sells you some stamps that are worth more and some that are worth less. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds interesting, Morgan. How do they determine which stamps are worth more and which stamps are worth less? Is it is it by is it by distance? Is it by location? Uh, is it by the class of mail? What's the, what's the whole what's the whole gist of this? It is you buy stamps with different skin tones and the wider the skin tone the more it's worth and the i believe it's about a fourth of the value from the whitest to the darkest Mm. to raise the awareness that hey there is racism in europe oof the, the the mistreatment of Algerians during World War II as soldiers by France, uh, anything to do with the Roma, um, golly, uh, the the British not hating the Polish. Um, there's all kinds of things that just immediately jump to mind where you don't need stamps to explicitly celebrate, yes, celebrate European Diversity Month. So if I understand you correctly, I will need more black stamps than white stamps in order mm-hmm. to send a piece of mail. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this is the kind of message that they would want to send. Look, it's it's the Europeans, okay? They're trying their hardest. I, I'm... You this this one this story actually got me. I I don't have I'm at a loss of words for who thought this was a brilliant idea. It's it's really fascinating. So during the month, Carl and I will send DMs back and forth about things that catch our eye. And when he sent me the one with screenshots from this video as well as the tweet for this video. What I got first was just this ad is insane, and it took several minutes for my data connection to bring everything else in. So I had no idea what was coming, and I was not prepared. <laughs> oh no! It's, it's so the the lightest color is uh, one euro sixty, and the darkest is seventy European cents. <laughs> so I'm. Like I'm just saying, American Liberty stamps, forever stamps, one and done, beautiful. Oof. God, God bless the USA. In in some respects. In some respects, that's true. 
there are things that we can do better. Certainly. And this is this is one of those ideas that we should not import from the Europeans. Uh, yeah, one of many. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying my, gosh, three, four weeks since my second dose of the vaccine. Well, I'm doing great. Well, good. Oh, can't say the same for a lot of folk over there who are still struggling to get their approvals. Oh, and of course, they've the European Union in general is still in a spat with AstraZeneca. Still, yeah, they're still in a spat with AstraZeneca about. Uh, there was a. This may be April news. It might be. It might be April news. Something that we didn't report on was it's how news now. The European Union wanted to block exports of the AstraZeneca virus vaccine, COVID thing jab mm-hmm. it's a jab i like how over there it's actually called a jab and here we call it a shot because mm-hmm. it because jab signals more of a message of an intent we have gun culture here yeah i don't want to say i got shot though i would like to say i got jabbed got the shot i i could say i got the shot but the astrazeneca jabs were for a time being exported out from this location in Italy, from what I understand. And the European Union was arguing that AstraZeneca was doing some funny business and going back on some prior agreements that they'd made. So they tried to block the export of the AstraZeneca vaccine. And then at the same time, there's all these disclaimers about uh, the side effects of the AstraZeneca vaccine. And so vaccine hesitancy in Europe has increased. So they're they have their own problems. I will say that. And now they have to worry about paying more for the mail. Not if you use the white stamps. Oh, no. Oh. You know, I haven't looked further into this, but I wonder if you say, hey, give me a sheet of stamps, they come randomly assigned. I, they have to come randomly assigned. I hope they're randomly assigned and not just, and, and it's not a thing where you go up to the counter and say, give me the white sheets. Oh, oh no, Carl. I I really hope I really hope not. That's the only way this this story could get worse. Europeans listening in and are suitably mad at us for dissing on you. Let us know how these stamps are working out for you. And send us your mail if you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, Mississippi has found a way to reject its legal marijuana. Uh, public mandate, um, not mandate, goodness gracious. It was a ballot initiative, if I understood properly. Thank you. That's what they called them down there. So the state of Mississippi, for y'all who are aware, is a state of the United States, as much as people outside Mississippi try to deny it. I'm sorry. Again, I have to, I, it, we're, we're an equal opportunity podcast. I have to offend at least every state at some point. The state of Mississippi, surprisingly enough, or unsurprisingly enough, as you may be aware, can amend its constitution. Some states do it some ways. So in California, I understand, has a very liberal process of doing that. And so at any one time, you're voting on uh, a dozen ballot initiatives in California for amending your constitution or just laws in California. Mississippi has a provision in its constitution that says, okay, you can 
amend the constitution this one specific way. It's usually involves going through the legislature. But what you can do is you can get a ballot initiative to amend the constitution. Now the language on the ballot initiative process goes like this. You need to collect a certain amount of signatures from each of Mississippi's congressional districts in order to get this on the statewide ballot. And this is a provision which you could say is arguably designed to make sure that a ballot initiative has enough support across the state and across a certain number of people. Okay, that makes sense. Here's the problem. In the state of Mississippi, that citizen initiative way of amending the constitution was adopted in the 90s. And at the time they said, okay, well, the text of, the, of this constitutional amendment says you need to get signatures from each of Mississippi's five congressional districts. Gotcha. There's one tiny problem with that. Mississippi has not had five congressional districts since the census of 2000. Oh, no. It in fact has had only four. So some smartass, some rules lawyer who I'm part mad at and part just shaking my head and clapping because this is brilliant, argued that the marijuana ballot initiative, to it was either legalized marijuana, Morgan, or it was it had something to do with making a certain category of marijuana uh, le- legalized. You may want to check that for me. It was uh, letting Mississippians uh, just fucking relax for a little bit. <laughs> Take the edge off of living in Mississippi? God almighty. <laughs> so some rules lawyer went to the Mississippi courts and said, oh, well, they only collected uh, signatures from four of Mississippi's congressional districts and not five, even though Mississippi the maximum number they could collect signatures from was four. And the Mississippi Supreme Court agreed with the litigant and said, well, actually, according to the text, it says five. So this amendment and every other amendment that Mississippi has adopted via the citizen initiative process since 2000 is unconstitutional. I wonder if that undoes the flag. Ooh, interesting. Is that was now was that an amendment to Mississippi's constitution or was that I'm not a lawyer. I'm spitballing here. I like I like Mississippi's updated flag though. It still says in God we trust on it. I understand that was a compromise that they had to put words on the flag and if you're if you know anything about vexillology, you people out there that don't put words on flags. It was, however, a significant improvement over Mississippi's previous flag. Yeah. Which was basically a Confederate battle flag. Yeah. That that was a problem. Having said that, I do applaud that I, I thought that it was a I thought the design was quite nice. I think they they took most of the good parts from Vexillology and they applied them quite well. So it's actually a pleasing flag, except for it still has words on it oh this was a medical marijuana bill medical marijuana okay good Mm -hmm. god forbid people who are suffering from diseases get help but this is mississippi well it could be several there could be several other ballot initiatives that are put in jeopardy 
So in addition to that, I believe someone had mentioned that, let's see. So this, so this would have been initiative 65 for Mississippi's state constitution. That was the one that that was just, so the amendment, the amendment was unconstitutional and this amending process is technically unconstitutional. They have to change the text of the amending of the amending text in order to make amendments via this process constitutional. If you guys can follow that conga line. I, uh, try it again. Okay. So the Supreme Court of Mississippi ruled that according to the constitution, this amendment was adopted unconstitutionally. And that amending process is pretty much itself unconstitutional until the legislature decides to amend the constitution to make this amending process able to amend the constitution. It's a conga line. It is. It is. I'm just trying to figure out, because there are a couple of these ballot initiatives that they're saying could now be thrown into jeopardy. It was, yeah, so they adopted it in 1992. And let's see. I'm glad that this has sort of thrown a whole host of things uh, up in the air. Well, it's it's left, right, because there was also, I believe they said that it was a there was a voter ID law as well that was passed by this process. Ooh. And so that may be struck down. There were a couple of them. Mississippi Amendment. Let, let me see. Now, now you know we're doing this real time because I'm trying to look up all the... <laughs> all. This is just, of course, what I do in my spare, my spare time. I look up all the ballot initiatives passed by the state of Mississippi since 1992. <laughs> You don't have to do this to yourself. I don't, but I kind of want to know. Because we, we still have our conspiracy of the month to go over. We do still have our conspiracy of the month to go over. But even before the conspiracy of the month, we need to get to one of the topics that you've been avoiding, which is uh, you're going to have to take the reins on this one. I've spoken for too much. Which one? So, oh, I'm just going to give up at this point. Hey, Charles oh. Peruto, is that the guy? <laughs> what do you want to talk about morgan what exactly happened in the race for philadelphia district attorney look if you're running for public office it doesn't have to be the district attorney of philadelphia just anything in your about me page of your campaign website if most of that page is under a heading of the girl in my bathtub. You probably don't want to be bringing that up because I had no idea that he had a girl in his bathtub. And it's not just any girl in his bathtub. This was a girl who had died in his bathtub. And man, there's nothing like, you know who I want for district attorney? This guy who had a dead girl in his bathtub. Would you be willing to spend a couple minutes to read some of the text of this segment of his disclosure to the general public about the woman who was found in his bathtub? Okay, well, COVID has uh, shut down the local community theater, so I'm out of practice, but I'll give it a try. That's fine. There shouldn't have to be a section on 
for this on anyone's campaign site, but because some people will not let this go away, I must address it. Must you? I fully realize that when you run for an office as high uh, as that of district attorney, you will be examined with a magnifying glass and even a microscope. It is what it is. In 2013, I was dating a woman for about six weeks. It's impossible to know everything about a person in that short amount of time. No. I think that's a bit of a lie. Ah, in short, the best way to start with this, he's already four paragraphs in, is the medical examiner's report stating that her BAC was 0 0.45 and the cause of death, death sorry, was alcohol intoxication. But because she was found in my tub, everyone, including myself, assumed she drowned. I, I don't, he wasn't even in Philadelphia at the time. Uh, he has uh, records of his phone uh, triangulating in Avalon. I didn't realize he was meeting with King Arthur in an afterworldly state. Uh, is that what happens is when he conspires with the the spirits of long dead legendary english kings that people just wind up dead in your bathtub did you forget about these paragraphs in here because this is this is amazing so he talks about in this one section a bitter enemy of mine district attorney seth williams and he decides how, he goes on and says about how the district attorney at the time decided to present this case to a grand jury mm -hmm. Even though that the detectives cleared up at the time, still wanted to take it to the grand jury just in case. So it goes on about how this case was taken up. Here's how this candidate responds. <clears throat> Instead of me hiding and refusing to give a statement or explaining myself, I took to Facebook and called him every name in the book. At one point, I actually offered to fight him in front of the district attorney's office with his three police guards observing. It's, uh, you, you see, Lynn Abram didn't need to pay three full-time cops to watch her day and night with overtime coming out of their ears. Seth Williams, on the other hand, had no regard for what this cost to the city. However, he may have needed that type of protection if he did to others what he did to me. After all, if you're a crumb bum, is this a Philadelphia slang that I don't know? A crumb bum. I think he's a poet. That is that is lyrically genius. I think if he loses this race because people are concerned that a dead girl wound up in his bathtub, uh, then he might, you know, try and make a living with a little bit of prose. There's a lot in this. There's a, there's a whole this whole section is amazing talking about how the grand jury was congratulating him and like i'm again i'm not a lawyer i don't know how grand juries operate do they sort of congratulate someone uh that has to be testifying before them generally if you're under investigation by a grand jury uh -huh. it is not an optimal strategy to testify in front of the grand jury Ooh. What about like rushing it so it like happens a lot sooner? Oh, I, 
No, not good either. Well, no. So, crumbum, according to the free dictionary, is an idiom. Someone viewed with disdain, often a bum or a tramp. Okay. Either an, it's also an adjective meaning of poor of poor quality. Oh, interesting. You can spell crumbum as either two words or one word. Oh. A repellent person, a bum or hobo. A crumbly bum. Aww. Nope. I did not need to read that. Oops. I'm glad you did. Uh, so, Philadelphia, good luck. Um, there are t-shirts that have crumbum on them. What? Oh my god. On his like campaign store? No, but there's just oh. t-shirts that have the word that have it writ- written in squiggly letters. <laughs> oh, you can make an endorsement on his website. And remind us again who this district attorney is. This or is this candidate for district attorney. Charles Peruto Jr. Uh it, yeah, they don't don't think they're really going to post up anything that comes through, but it could be fun. Oh, they have one that says, I fully support Chuck's race for DA for one Matt Wolf. Okay. Huh. I'm just surprised that anyone can make an, endor- an endorsement. Uh, I endorse uh, I endorse his, his about me section. I mean, However, it's, I, it's technically I, it's technically you have to click on meet a Charles because uh, his first name begins with the A, I imagine, um, and that's where talking meet a meet a Charles. I don't think I want to meet this guy if you can sort of wind up dead in the bathtub. Maybe that's. I, a I would unfair. want to. I would. I would just like to meet him to get him to explain why this girl was in his bathtub. Well, he, he apparently is happy to do it because he did not invoke the Fifth Amendment when he was before a grand jury. Nope. Um, and he, but he literally had an applause from the grand jury when he was done testifying. Good. For if there is a potential crime committed in your house, you probably don't want to put it on your campaign website. Even if you are cleared. I don't think, and especially if you're running for the district attorney of a city. By the way, the Philadelphia race has already ended, and this guy was not on the radar at all. What? Yep. You tell me people didn't care about something that uh, 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 a death that happened in his domicile. I he had this guy has celebrity status. I will say that, but he but the fringe celebrity status of he went absolutely nowhere in that race and i believe the incumbent district attorney won and the uh, you may have to correct me if i'm wrong Morgan, but i think in philadelphia the incumbent uh, district attorney is actually more reformist in terms of criminal justice i think they announced a couple of things on bail reform and they were a uh, they were a defense attorney for a while i believe Hmm. if i look up Let's see the Philadelphia mm-hmm. district attorney. Born and raised. And the playground is hopefully where he spent most of his days. Yes. <laughs> the, this, okay, so the first review is from someone in the Philadelphia district attorney's offices. 
this is an amazing service. The next one is lying garbage who try to frame people. <laughs> These are Google reviews. Oh no, yeah, no, you can you can look up uh, Google and Yelp reviews for like any sheriff's office or prison, um, because they populate automatically. It's very fantastic. Krasner is his name. Uh, Lawrence oh. Krasner was uh, in 2018. He was sworn in as Philadelphia's 26th district attorney. And then he used to be a, yeah, he used to be a, a defense attorney before that. He was the uh, he was the public defender's office in Philadelphia for two years, 91 to 93. Hmm. So, yes, the poor the poor man who described the woman in the bathtub sadly was not elected as district attorney. So, you know, not only am I not a lawyer, I'm also not a campaign strategist. That might not have helped. No. Bless his heart. <laughs> Carl, we have to talk about TurboTax. May was tax month this year. May was tax month this year. And yeah. you guys... <sighs> Hit me with some truths. So... There are a couple of things in my life that absolutely enrage me. It's I try to keep it a short list. And I try to and I try to make sure that I don't go out on a limb too much. But filing my taxes is something that I would prefer not to do. I would like it so that that was done for me already. Yes, I we had this discussion last time about taxes and the gold fringed flag, and we we've talked about all that. But you know what's worse than conspiracy theories about whether or not the U.S. is a corporation? Uh, a corporation cor- taking over the, your your tax filing, which is enraging. Because they at least acknowledge that the government exists. So I wonder what those gold fringe people think about that. I don't think they're using TurboTax. No, you're probably right on that front. So I'm just going to say this really briefly. Because again, May was tax month this year. It's usually April, but May was tax month. So of course, many of you at home, like me, probably used TurboTax for your tax filing. And like many of you, you probably paid to use TurboTax. Here's the thing, is that if you make under a certain uh, income threshold of, at this point, it's $72,000. If you make under $72,000 a year, you actually don't have to pay to use TurboTax. There is a free filing system where TurboTax is supposed to charge you zero for filing your taxes with the IRS. But you may not be surprised to learn that TurboTax has hidden that option, hidden it behind HTML code and made that they were accused and finally caught of doing that back a couple of years ago. Oh, let's see. That was the Obama era, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was in Busting uh, the corporations down. Oh, yeah. 
this was let's see yep uh, actually it was it was even as uh they were still doing it as uh, in 2019 oh good for them there's a ProPublica story about it, which I link to, which here's how TurboTax just tricked you into paying to file your taxes. That if you make less than a certain threshold, it, in this article, it was $66,000 a year. Uh, you can, you're supposed to be able to prepare and file your taxes for free. Uh, companies that make the preparation software would rather you didn't know that you can actually do it. So for example, most taxpayers, I believe it's on the order of 70%, can use this free to file system, but only a small fraction of that, maybe 10, 10 to 20 actually know or are aware of and use the free to file system by TurboTax. So TurboTax instead is taking a chunk out of your rebate on the order of you know, 40 bucks a pop if you're lucky and you don't have to use the upgraded versions of it. So if you have no, for example, capital gains, you you can use the $40 version. And then it's $40 for each of the state income tax forms that you had to fill out. So this whole thing is pretty bad up to start. So they're uh, not letting you know that, hey, this option exists. It's actually supposed to exist because back in 2002, the US government made an agreement with the Free File Alliance, which include, uh, which is a consortium of companies which included TurboTax, that the IRS would not compete with them to provide tax filing services online if these companies provided an option for free for people under a certain threshold. And it, at this point was 60% 60, 60 of taxpayers. And that hasn't happened unsurprisingly um now where does grover norquist fit into all of this i'm going to get to that because that is an interesting story so as many of you may or may not be aware if i just go up to here to TurboTax. oh dear so TurboTax was originally designed back in the 1980s back in the heady days of when the internet was really just not there yet. And you know, TurboTax has been going for a number of years and it was finally sold to Intuit, which is a company which has an operating revenue of $6.7 billion, uh, largely, largely coming from TurboTax. And there's another way out of this situation, which is, something that's been done in a couple of other countries in the world, and that's a free file system, which is essentially, okay, it's a service that allows taxpayers to prepare and file an electronic version of their income tax returns for free. But in a lot of other places, there's also pre-file as well. So I'm just going to list off some countries like Denmark, and Spain, and a lot of European countries, Japan has experimented with it, Australia, for example, the UK is introduced as well, where the government sends you, either they send you a tax return at one point of the year and says, here's our estimate of what your taxes are, you can sign off on it, or if you have disagreements, you can, we'll send you this form and you can sign up what it actually is. Or their systems are so precise, because they have all of your information, they have your bank, they have your W, their equivalent of W-2s, 
that they just say, look, you've already paid your taxes this year. You, you don't need a form. You don't need a form to see that. So that's great. A lot of other countries have pre-file. Why doesn't the United States have pre-file? Well, I'm glad you asked, Morgan, because Intuit and TurboTax have, have spent tens of, uh, tens of millions of dollars lobbying the federal government and state governments as well to not adopt pre-file systems. So for example, they tried to kill a pre-file system in California for the California income tax. And then they have tried to either gut or kill similar bills in Virginia and Vermont. And why might you ask that that would be a thing? Well, why? Because of course, if you pre-file your taxes, you, for most people, then you wouldn't need to use TurboTax, who then takes $40 off of your rebate, even though you'd already qualify for their free version, which they so generously hidden most of the time, because most people in America either just take the standard deduction or they fall below the income limit. The other thing too, is that there are a lot of people who use TurboTax who may qualify for the earned income tax credit and are unaware that they, are, that they qualify for the earned income tax credit. So there's a, there was an article here a while back, I believe it was also ProPublica and Forbes even mentioned it as well about how uh, there's perhaps a quarter of people who are eligible for the earned income tax credit don't take it. And sometimes that's just not caught. And a, pre, a pre-filled tax form or uh, and an e-file system that was run by say the IRS, for example, might catch that and give you the earned income tax credit. So there's a, it, this, TurboTax is a trap. TurboTax is just a massive trap. It uses, it's basically on using its lobbying power to stop the government from implementing its own, essentially a, a free version that the government would give to US citizens to both file their taxes or even better, have pre-filled out tax, tax returns for people so you can just sign it because filling out taxes ta- wastes thousands, if not millions of man hours across the United States every year. And that is something that could be better spent. I would rather be spending my time updating my Facebook page or tweeting angrily into it in TurboTax than going through TurboTax to figure out how much in taxes that I owe. So here's where Grover Norquist comes in. Good. Weird side tangent. Okay. So you would not be surprised that TurboTax has a vested interest in killing off a government service to file taxes. That one's not surprising. That Because that's they're, they have their own market position. They're trying to protect that. The one that is interesting is the weird side angle of our friend Grover Norquist, who you may or may not be aware is a, what, what, what's the name of his organization? Uh, it oh, is the, let's see, the let's Americans see. for Tax Reform. An organization that opposes all tax increases. Now, he was the one who I believe said something on the order of, I wanted to make the government so small that he could drown it in a bathtub. Which is a weird tangent from the Philadelphia District Attorney story. Oh, no. 
I did uh, not realize that through line existed until this very moment. This, this, we have to go deeper. We do. We have to go deeper. Maybe there is, maybe there's a conspiracy between TurboTax and this woman who died in the bathtub. Oh, no. I would not be surprised. Gosh, I hope not. But anyway, so. Fun thing on the side with Grover Norquist is that he opposes these pre-filled tax returns and this e- the, the pre-filled tax return uh, system. And he tried to kill it in California because California has a, has a, a system called ready return. And he said, it, I have a pledge. All you people who sign our pledge, most of them are Republicans. And he said, look, if you, adopt, if you sign up to this ready return package, you're breaking your pledge to uh, oppose tax increases. And there's this, so I guess the, the strategy here is that wants to make it as frustrating as possible to pay taxes so people would pay less in taxes, even though Americans are spending, if there are a hundred million households in the US and each of them spends, I'm just gonna say $40, mm-hmm. that's several billion right there. Four. So instead of so instead of that, having Americans spend several billion dollars to file their taxes, to tell the government what the government pretty much already knows already. Mm-hmm make it more frustrating rather than making it just simpler to pay taxes it's time you could spend podcasting into the void shit posting on twitter uh what else is there to do i'm not sure a lot of other things which i wouldn't need otherwise now grover norquist may consider this may consider pre-filing a a covert tax increase but what i'm telling him is that there already is a tax in the u.s on filing your taxes and that's turbo tax no, there no, is no. a tur- there is a turbo tax tax. No, no, no. That is paying for a service. That's not that's not a tax. Are you kidding? It is a hundred percent. This is for those of you who are aware of the term for you economists in the audience, this is classic rent seeking. <laughs> this is just manipulating public policy as a strategy for increasing your profits. This is the worst form of rent seeking on the planet. Because this is a service the government could easily provide. And we know we could provide it because there are a dozen other countries which do this much better than us. That we know we could provide it, but we have an agreement with the with the current companies who are in this space, so Turbo, so Intuit and H&R Block, to not go any further to implementing the system. They're also trying to roll it back and also trying to block from a side angle pre-filled tax returns. So... It's, it's, it's a mess. This is a scam. This is 100% a scam. The government should, we should have pre-filled tax, reform, tax forms. And I, this, this just makes me so mad that I lose words. <laughs> it's the maddest I've ever seen Carl. The, I, this is as mad as, as Morgan has seen me. And, the, and, this, and he, was, I, he was on one of our happy hours, uh, Zoom happy hours, when Ted Cruz was down in Cancun. Yes. Now I now I took pleasure in that because I thought that it was hilarious. But this is even this is there's no hilarity in this. I'm sorry. We're 
Americans are spending billions of dollars each year on TurboTax and they shouldn't have to do it. And I, on the one hand, I can't blame TurboTax because this is their job. It is their job to screw taxpayers if that's one way or another and prevent an easier, simpler solution from being adopted. On the same token, it's- Sounds like you're mad. Yeah, I'm furious. The other, you know, the other reason I'm furious is that I had to buy the $70 version because I made $2 in capital gains last year. Oh. And TurboTax said, no, we can't handle that. You have to do this instead. And I just kept thinking to myself, if, if the government already, the government already knows this information, they, they know that I have a, I have a portfolio that made $2 last year. They should be able to just whip this out. So you had to pay an extra $30 for $2. I had to pay an extra $30 for $2. And they said that, oh, my refund increased. No, it didn't. It had the little spinny, the little spinny number part where it goes, oh, your refund is now. And then it has the numbers that'll spin like at the, like I'm at a casino. Uh-huh. That's basically, I, you know what? TurboTax is a casino because the money goes in and it never comes back. Oh, no. I'm telling you, TurboTax is a pyramid scheme. It's, it's a scam. It's rent seeking. I don't know. Pick one. I'm, I'm furious. Well, I had to talk. Maybe- I had to rant about TurboTax this year. Well, maybe maybe it'll be uh, turbo rent payments, uh, and that could help our mailbag writer who's asking for some help. Uh, the letter starts, please help. The government in my country was taxing us, which is theft. But when we pointed it out, they legally changed their name to government with a trademark and now claim the taxes are rent with a trademark. Is there anything I can do? I suggest declaring yourself a maritime vessel and you're exempt from their laws. That's one option. Do you have to pay rent on the high seas? I don't think you have to pay rent on the high seas. Although I did, we talked about, Morgan and I talked about this earlier. You do have to set sulfur standards now in your vessels on the high seas. So there was a, it was funny, and I didn't mention this. There was a, cons- a conspiracy theory slash oh, no. uh, one of those doom apocalypse scenarios about how the UN was mandating that the sulfur content in certain uh, certain gasoline or fuel products for ships had to meet these standards by 2020, and someone. Uh, someone wrote the equivalent of an undergraduate, not even thesis. It was a, it was it, w- it was pretty much an Excel table of all the oil refineries in the world aren't going to be able to handle this demand, and oil prices are going to spike. And in 2020, the we're just going to have massive spiraling inflation, and it's all going to go out of control, and the world's going to come to an end. Uh, back to so inflation. You, so you better invest in gold right now, or something like that. And 2020 happened and all the, all the refiners were able to just shift over to producing lower sulfur content gas. Did we get all that inflation though? Eh? No, there was, eh? actually another, there was actually another world event going on at the same time, which kind of put a damper on inflation. Right. Yeah. That's fine. So 
I, if you consider a UN mandate a tax, I guess you can say that you are taxed on the high seas. Okay. Now, mind you, do not go and mine on the seabed because you do have to pay a tax under the uh, UN Treaty on the Law of the Sea. That's true. And there is a lot of gold on some parts of the seabed. So there's actually a lot of gold in just the water itself of the ocean. That is true. Wasn't there a, I feel like this is one of those weird things that early 20th century Germany tried to come up with where there was a scientist in, I want to say it was World War I, possibly World War II, who thought that the way that Germany could win the war was by essentially desalinating the ocean water, except instead of taking out and separating the water and the salt separate out the water and the gold content and use the gold from the <laughs> from the ocean water to fund <laughs> to fund the war oh wow it was fritz haber fritz haber yeah the guy who invented the haber process for uh, the nitrogen fertilizer yes and he also made great strides in um modern chemical warfare and his wife shot herself in the head after the first battle of, oh, Ypres? Ypres. 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 Thank you. Because um, she was really upset about, about what he did. I, you know, if, if I was married to someone who decided to release a new weapon of mass destruction, I think I would feel pretty bad about that. Mm-hmm. Now, less insane than uh, extracting gold from seawater is that there are it is possible to do it from particularly rich soils. Okay. Where you dig down and you run it through a couple baths of there's like some cyanide compounds and some mercury compounds, and you just boil that all off, and you're left with precipitate. Or you don't boil it off. You I did this work a long time ago, but eventually you just sort of precipitate out your your precious metals like gold and silver and platinum. Isn't that what the, I thought the Spanish did something like that in South America when they were trying to mine silver. And one of the reasons that the process was so brutal was that they were using mercury. Oh, that's definitely part of the process. Yes. And and of course it was, it got so bad that because they they were just poisoning the native population, the the people, native peoples who were working in the mines. And it got so bad that people in villages would maim their children and like remove limbs so they couldn't work in the mines so they wouldn't suffer from the horrible effects of mercury poisoning and die oh my that God. gruesome death oh it's it's horrible so we're i about we're just talking about rent here carl jesus we're talking about rent and, we, and, we're, and we've gone straight into the horrors of colonialism in south america all for a bit of that shiny shiny money which all of it for the shiny shiny money inflation resistant at least that's what uh, the first tell me i'm pretty convinced it if there's more gold going around then it's mm-hmm. not going to be inflation resistant if gold is the basis of your money and there's more gold then your Maybe. gold is going to inflate in value oh man you're telling me this this little brochure lied to me yes you're telling me the crazy just guy like, on the just like the silver guy lied to me oh no I'm telling you, it doesn't stop at one precious metal. It goes to the other precious metals, too. It's precious metals all the way down. It is. 
goes straight up the precious metals pyramid scheme. Oh no. You know what's sitting at the top? Bitcoin. Bitcoin, thank you. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Actually, just for our viewers' sake, I'm going to look up what the price of Bitcoin is right now. It should be below 40 grand. It is definitely below 40 grand. It is $34,337.20 today. My favorite thing about Bitcoin is that people only like it because you can exchange it for real hard dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Who's who's the fiat currency now? I know. Oh, another reason to love Warren Buffett. Top news article. Bitcoin's Uh in a slump. Here's why Warren Buffett has hated it all along. Because he's because he's an old timer that doesn't understand the future, man. The future, man. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if Warren Buffett supports. Oh no, pre-filled tax tax forms. I hope he does. That man probably hasn't had to worry about his own taxes in years. No, but he has advocated paying higher taxes. Yeah, but like the actual paperwork and such. Oh, oh, I'm sure. You think he sits down with like TurboTax Ultra Premium or whatever? I, that would be really funny if he did. And his little little Nebraska home. His little Nebraska home, his little his little two-story Nebraska home where they're driving the same cars they have always and his his talking about his kids being like, well, you know, if they want to go into the business, they can, but they don't have to. I hear he gets his cars imported from Cuba. Hmm. Because they're all the old ones that he drove around when he was a, a strapping young buck just out to make a dollar. Hopefully he wasn't trying to get uh, uh, gold out of the ocean. Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, let's see. How else can I how else can I ding TurboTax? Oh, Intuit is currently facing criminal investigations over its practices leading people to pay for what is legally a free service. Ooh. How do I get my $2.75 from that class action lawsuit? Oh, I God, I hope it's a class action lawsuit. <laughs> I, w- I would back that. I would check that box so hard. Well, Carl, I think that is all the news that no one else really cared to talk about this month. Yes. So with that, we will play you out. And I hope that y'all have a wonderful and... What do we call what do we call June? Just don't melt out there, okay? It's gonna don't, be hot. Don't melt. Keep your ACs up. Keep your temperatures down. Unless you're in Texas, in which case you just need electricity. Yes. Find a way to generate electricity in your own home state if you're unable to. <laughs> have have your own disaster kits prepared for June. Oh, that's fair. Get one of those hand crank uh, radios so you can hook it up to your, your power grid. Uh it's. I feel personally attacked right now because I did actually buy a hand crank radio after the after February. I have one for my hurricane uh, preparedness kit. So oh, hurricane season's coming up too. It is. We've already had two invest systems. So buckle up, buttercups. It's a coming. All right.